Why is prayer so important, yet often so difficult? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. We all know that we should pray more or better or more sincerely somehow. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. But if you're like most of us, you feel like you don't pray enough or pray good enough somehow. This is the first of a series of podcasts regarding some of the truths that the Kansas Communities Ministry has inherited over the years. My guest is Dr. Richard Spann, who is well known to the Kansas Communities Ministry and is the previous director. Today the topic is prayer. I think you'll want to listen to this podcast more than once as Dr. Spann shares a lot of very helpful and pertinent information. The Kansas Communities Ministry dates back to the 1960s through the faithfulness of men including Jim Morris, Bill Brenson, J.V. Harlan, Dick Grant, Jim Fisher, Ray Patterson, Don Williams, Clyde Krug, Dick Borchard, Harvey Ellis, Richard Spann, and many others. Over the years, we have been so blessed to have received nuggets of truth passed down to us through people meditating upon, applying, and teaching us the scriptures. Out of this came a collection of devotionals which Richard Spann has compiled in a series of five books called Goads and Nails. I start today by asking Dr. Spann to explain how this series came about. Uh, we had a speaker by the name of Mike Trenier, who was at that time uh, the president of the Navigators. The year was 2007. We went out for coffee during one of the breaks, and just in our visit, he commented that one of our previous past presidents, uh, Lawrence Sani, who was well known to our ministry here, was very gifted in terms of his ability to capture succinctly thoughts and ideas that would really uh, hold us to the ministry and keep us solid and steadfast on that which God called us to do. And he called some of his comments goads and nails and referred to a passage in Ecclesiastes which talked about the preacher and what he was gifted to do, that he collected these sayings, put them together, and they were like goads and nails. Goads, he said, were those things that would, would kind of remind us the things we ought to be doing or not ought to do. And nails are those truths that would really keep us solid and steadfast throughout our ministry. He asked that I would begin to write some of these down, those that I remembered, not only from Lauren Shannon, but other speakers, and make them available to our ministry here in Wichita. That was 14 years ago, and I, I don't know whether I really took him seriously or not, but I think the Lord reminded me after three or four years that this is something that I should be doing, and so I began uh, looking through uh, some of my material, began trying to remember those that I had heard, and put together uh, a collection of devotionals that we then put on the website initially, and then began to print probably six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So we've we've done five of those books now, each one 31 devotionals. So that's what we completed last year. Yeah, they are a fantastic resource for us as we have inherited so much uh, wisdom over the years from different speakers and different people. So I really appreciate your having written these down. Uh, share with us some of the uh, the key concepts you've you felt that we've inherited. Thank you. Um, one of the key ones, I think, is the whole subject of prayer. 
we've had many speakers on that, and they've all emphasized different points. The first actual devotional in the first book was entitled Don't Pray for the Ministry, Prayer is the Ministry. That was from Lauren Sani, and there are others on prayer as well. But it has caused me to go back and look at the whole subject of prayer, not only in regard to the material written in Goads and Nails, but my own life. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that it is at, at once the easiest and also the most difficult thing we do. It's uh, as easy as the old Scottish minister said to a young man who was struggling to pray, just ask for something, man, and, and call him father. And so it's that easy, but also it, it is difficult. And I think the reason why it is difficult is that Satan fears it. I think it declares our dependence upon God more so than anything else we do. It is the most pleasing thing, perhaps, to God that we do. Uh, in the garden, we declared our independence, and by prayer, we declare our dependence. It is also what we do that uh, requires more faith than anything else. If we speak, someone will say, I enjoyed that, often, if they did. Or if we give money to some charitable endeavor, we receive a receipt or sometimes a note of thanks. But with prayer, there's nothing like that. We pray and, and we don't feel any different. We don't get any immediate feedback, perhaps for months or years. So it's entirely by faith. So being by faith, I think it is one of the most productive things, one of the most worthwhile things that we do. And I think the concept that uh, nothing is accomplished without prayer is hard for us to grasp. And I think that when I am with the Lord and see him face to face, one of the one of the things I will feel immediately is I should have prayed a lot more. Hmm. Hmm. And looking looking back on my life, I think there's maybe five things that will have helped me and will continue to help me as I work toward that goal of praying more. One is to realize that the Holy Spirit helps in prayer. Uh, that Ephesians 6.18 talks about that, that the Holy Spirit really is the primary mover in our prayer, and he desires to do that. And I can wait for him and listen to him and be responsive uh, to his urging that I need to pray. Secondly, that the Lord does hear and answer every word. Sometimes it's easy to think that our prayers don't, don't go far. They bounce off the roof and that no one's paying attention. And I think that's our enemy that convinces us of that or gives us that impression. So the thought that he does pay attention, the Lord does pay attention and hear every word. And the third item is that it does make a difference. It makes a difference in the lives of individuals. It makes a difference to the Lord himself, as in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The Lord asks us to pray for that, and it makes a difference. To some extent, his name being hallowed, his will being done, his kingdom coming is dependent on our prayer. So it affects not only uh, our lives, the lives of men and women, but God himself. I think the fourth thing that I need to realize that would, would help me in my prayer personally is to understand that it's not dependent on my standing before God that I, my prayer is not more effective if I had a better day, that somehow I tend to pray less if I've not really as 
following him as closely as I should or erred in some respect or been disobedient in another. Uh, I, I bring no merit whatsoever to the answer that God gives to pray. It's all dependent on what Christ has done. And if I had that really solidly tucked away, I would be more faithful in prayer. And the fifth thing I think that I need always to remember is it's in his name. Ray Steadman once mentioned that this means three things. One, it's what he wants. Two, it's dependent on him to do it. And three, it's dependent on his process. So if I could keep in mind that I don't want to pray for things I can do anyway, I could accomplish, I need to pray for what's on his agenda, dependent on him to do it, and dependent on his process. And I think those five things, as I think about prayer, will, will keep me praying and not fainting, and also uh, helping me uh, understand that it's more important to, to pray to God about men, to talk to God about men, than to men about God, although the latter should not be neglected, obviously. But those are some thoughts about prayers I kind of compile in my mind the different articles and devotions yeah. in Goads and Nails. Thank you. The last concept you mentioned there, praying to God about men is a priority versus praying or talking to men about God, I should say. Um, that triggers thoughts in my mind because I've heard that before, but you might elaborate on that a little bit for people that are not familiar with that whole concept. Yes. Um, I think when we think about a person, we think about the way to change that person for him to come into the knowledge of God, for him to grow in his faith and understanding. And I can recall different situations in my life where I have almost beaten my head against the wall talking to people or trying to help them uh, understand different aspects and no real growth or change. And I've determined that I was really not able to really change them, but I really, as I brought the matter before God, in each instance, I could see a dramatic turnaround in their attitude, their thought, their willingness. And I determined in each one of those that it was the fact that God was working in their lives, not me. And as I thought about that, I thought God is is 24-7 on the business, and I'm not that on the business in that manner, okay. and that he has a lot of avenues in which to speak to people, a lot of other people, a lot of situations to bring about in their lives to produce change, and I have little that I can do. But if I pray to God about them, this unleashes the omnipotent resources of God to produce the change that he wants in their lives. Mm, that's encouraging. Uh, speak to someone who um, is, has a loved one that does not know the Lord, perhaps a child, son or a daughter, brother, sister, parent even, or a friend, um, and what words of encouragement would you have for the importance of being persistent in prayer about that person? Yes, I think the persistence in prayer will be will be answered. I think that... Uh, in, in my own instance, I had a family member that was not a follower of Christ until uh, he turned 46 years of age, my brother. And uh, he was one that I had pretty much given up on with different avenues of my own for, for many years, but that God did, did answer prayer. 
So I think that uh, the fact that we have that situation is one which God allows in our lives and one which God has allowed to produce prayer, that we may seek Him work, that we may be encouraged by His work, and to increase steadfastness and dependence upon Him in that area, not only in that area, but also in other areas of our life. So we should never really give up uh, in prayer. In one individual that, and I trust he's with the Lord, although I cannot be sure, he passed away at age 92 earlier this year, but he's a man that I prayed for for more than 40 years. And so there are other instances like that where we pray for a lifetime for people. And uh, we, we know that God has the resources to change people. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. One other question regarding prayer is the passage in First John 5 about if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we have the petitions which we have asked for, we brought to him. Right. Um, thoughts on how to pray according to his will? Yeah, as Ray Stedman, I think, mentioned to us years ago, it means three things. It's what he wants. So uh, I need to pray in each situation. Well, I know that Lord uh, would desire people to come to him not willing that any should be lost. So I know that's according to his will if it's a lost person. Other areas we're not so sure about. I have sickness in my family, and I'm not so sure what God is ultimately desirous of that. But I can pray asking that his will be done in their lives. I can ask for healing. I can ask for uh, physical healing, but always physical healing is not his best option for us. All of us eventually he wants to take home to be with him. He does not want us to live forever on this planet in sin. So we know that ultimately death is in the future for each one of us. But the timing of that, the healing that's necessary before that, I can pray for that. But I do want his will. And I I make that clear to him and I want his will. Uh, so not only what he wants, but depended on him to do it. Sometimes we are inclined to pray for things that we can do. We're inclined to uh, offer our own ideas, to do our own thing, to step in and help him do his work. He doesn't want any of that. In prayer, I ask him to do it, dependent on him to do it. If there's something he wants me to do, I'll ask him to prompt me and I'll do that. But otherwise... I leave it at his doorstep. And that's so so comforting, that part of it, knowing that I can leave it at his doorstep. And if there's something he wants me to do, he can remind me. But basically, if I, if I pray, the ball's in his court to fix it. Mm. And then the third item is dependent on his process. Ray Stedman used to mention that when he would pray in his name, things would sometimes get worse. And we see that. We see that sometimes things appear to get worse, and they may from our standpoint. But part of that is God's process of healing and answered prayer. So whatever happens when I pray, whether things go from bad to worse, I can trust in his process to bring about his answer in his time. Trusting God to bring about his answer in his time. Isaiah 26, verse 3, in the King James Version says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee.
The New Living Version says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You know, keeping our minds fixed on the Lord happens as we abide in Him through prayer and meditation on His Word on a daily basis. Oh, how we want to help God make things work out just the right way, don't we? The way we think things should go. Yet, as Dr. Spann says, prayer is a demonstration of faith. Faith in the all-powerful God of the universe to work things out according to His perfect plan and His process as we are dependent on Him. Join us next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.